Hey, thank you so much for hitting that play button. I think that you just made an awesome decision to listen to the V1 Church podcast because if you can get to the last three to four minutes of today's message, you are going to have chills all over your body. You are going to feel something that you have not felt. It is incredible. I Man, I'm the lead pastor. My name is Mike Signorelli, and we are in the third part of I Heart My Church. And I'm telling you, I, I, I kind of want to tell you up front so you make it all the way to the end, but I don't want to ruin it. But just suffice it to say that something incredible happens when you join all of your voices together. And if you're anything like me and you've been to a church where you felt like you were different and because you were different, you were dismissed. I just want to cast a vision for you for what it would be like to be different by design. And here's something. I'm just going to drop this, okay? You can't have true harmony if you all sing the same note. So a wise leader understands how to create harmony by allowing people to be different by design. That's all I'm going to say. You have to make it to the end. Without further ado, I Heart My Church Part 3. Man, a hug could heal somebody. You know? All the single people said, yeah, it can. (laughs) If somebody hugs you three seconds longer than you felt like you should have been hugged, they're single here. (laughs) I was in the overflow auditorium. How about about let's do this before? Can we welcome everyone who's watching live, everyone listening to the podcast? All right, all right. I was in the overflow auditorium, and, and my, my wife said something to the effect of, like, you know, uh, you could, or no, it, it was the latest. They said, you know, it could be a date with Jesus to, you know, look to the seat next to you. And there's a single person who will remain nameless who's in the overflow, and I watched them look to the seat and just, like, cry a silent tear. <laughs> like, we're going to have to work on the verbiage because we're hurting people. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I have a lot of people message me every week who think that we put a laugh track in our uh, podcast. And I'm like, no, we're just that obnoxious. <laughs> like, come out to New York. It's just like, I've been struggling all week. And then we get here, we're like, humans who believe in God. Ah! <laughs> all right, anyways. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you get your Bibles out? My, my Bible glows today, if that's all right. I'm a physical print kind of Bible person, but today it glows, and my wife's uh, Bible glows, and, you know, your Bible can glow too if you download the View on Church app and read the Bible on it that way. But uh, I was recently on an airplane with my family, and they broke our seats up, right? So it was like uh, Julie, and then, a, and then a vacant seat, then across the aisle, it was Bella, then me. So it was kind of like this lottery, who's going to get the seat next to my wife? And I was kind of giggling because I'm like a window seat only kind of guy. Anyone like that? Like window seat only. So I'm like, somebody else can sit next to my wife for the duration of this flight. Um, And so all of a sudden, this guy comes in last minute barreling down the aisle. And then he sits down in the seat next to my wife. And he's a big, tough-looking dude, probably an insane clown posse fan. I don't know. Um, (laughs) For those of you who know the ICP fan base, you're like, okay, I got a good image. (laughs) Everyone much older and much younger is frantically Googling that. Don't. (laughs) You don't want that on your phone, okay? So, so, so he sits down. Now, I have a four-year-old, and her name's Everly. And here's the thing about four-year-olds that we all know. They don't have filters, 
So this guy sits down, and my four-year-old yells out at the top of her lungs. She looks at my wife. She's like, oh, my gosh, he smells disgusting. <laughs> Literally. Yells it out. Then she goes to say it again because my wife does that. Like, you know, you're just like, Ugh. and she goes, mom, he smells this. <laughs> Put her like hand over her mouth. Stop that. And he starts typing on his phone. I could like kind of read it out of the corner of my eye. It was a Facebook post that said, don't you hate it when people blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't catch the rest, but Everly's starting her online, her, her online viral flow already. But um, the reason why I even told that story is because don't we all have an Everly inside of us? Have you ever been talking to another Christian? Maybe it's even happened here at this church and somebody's praying for you, and man, they're going for it, and they're leaning into you, and you're thinking to yourself, man, your, your prayer sounds like heaven, but your breath smells like Hades. You ever had that moment? I wanted to receive from God, but you were windmill kicking me in the face. You ever t- <laughs> Oh, come on now. Don't act all like you're in. You know what I'm talking about. Um, we all have that Everly inside of us. I was raised in like small storefront churches in Indiana, and we had such a cast of characters, and they were so weird. I'm just going to tell you straight up, more than 70% of my Sunday afternoon as a child was making fun of most of these people. I had a lot of repenting to do. You know, you, ever, you just look around, and sometimes you're like, man, Jesus loves him too, I guess. <laughs> And, you know, I, I think that what I've really hoped for this, this series, I Heart My Church, is that I could find an appropriate way to be Everly and be that four-year-old that just actually says, hey, these things about the church legitimately stink. And let's stop acting. Let's, try, let's stop acting like it doesn't stink. Let's stop trying to deodorize the funk. You know what I'm saying? Because we've gotten really good at deodorizing the funk. We've got fake honor cultures where you're just supposed to wholeheartedly submit to somebody who you probably uh, diagnosed with narcissistic tendencies. We got pastors who have no accountability and no board, no elders. And if they do, they're all their best friends anyways. Can I just say, can I just be Everly? Is that all right? You know, it's like we've got a culture where it's almost inappropriate to help advance your local church by giving an idea because... You've, you've been told that your idea doesn't matter. And then, and then what happens in corporate America is you've got Google and Amazon um, actually doing something that I believe is scriptural and then just absolutely slaying it in the world right now. And it seems like the church has done things that are historical and cultural to us, but not even biblical. So can I take you guys through the Bible and show you what the Bible actually says about church today? I know a couple weeks ago, I told you all the reasons why Lucifer doesn't want you to go to church, and more people showed up this week. So, um, thanks, Satan, kind (laughs) of. Oh, man, why don't you guys go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. And while you guys are there, um, I want to read this to you. Built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, what are we talking about in Ephesians right here? We're talking about the church. And here's just fundamentally the first thing that I want to start with. The church done the right way is not man's idea. The church done the right way is actually, like the scripture tells us, built on a foundation of apostles and prophets. But Jesus Christ himself is actually the cornerstone of it. And I think the problem that the world has isn't with the church that actually has Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of it. It's with the counterfeit that says it's Jesus, but it's just good marketing. It's the, somebody's going to get deliverance. At least three people are going to get free today. But the, the world, it's like that Mahatma Gandhi quote when he's just like, man, I actually love Jesus. It's just your Christians that don't look much like him. And listen, I'm not the first person to tell you that I've got this all figured out. But like Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. And I think that there should be through the shattered stained glass windows of your heart, some kind of light of Christ peering through of it enough so that people can say, yeah, there's something going on there. And for me, I think that when people look at this and they're like, a lot of people who, because our church draws people from many different traditions. We have a Greek Orthodox, and we had, I actually had someone who was like, can you come to a baptism? And I showed up to the Greek Orthodox temple, and then I looked at the priest, and he did this, and I was like, what's up? You know, I'm the pastor. <laughs> He's like, I'm the priest. <laughs> you know, we have uh, a woman who routinely attends church here who is actually employed by a local Catholic church, and I told her, you need to stop coming, you're going to get me in trouble. And she's like, I just like when you do that Baptocostal thing, when you start screaming, when you preach, I like it. And I'm like, stop, stop. You go back to that Catholic church for you get me in trouble. But I think it's important for me to show some of you that in scripture, much of the things that we attributed to like, this is the way it is, was just something you inherited that at some point in time, a group of people just made it up. And, and actually, the way I would say it for those of you who are intellectuals in the room is that much of what we have in Scripture is descriptive, not prescriptive. Can we look at that? Okay, let's keep reading. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. You, if you're taking notes, just write these Scriptures down. You can kind of unfold them throughout the week. And I tell you, it says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. Now, there's a lot of talk right now about the rapidly decreasing numbers of church attenders. And know what my response to that would be? Well, that's all right, because not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against this thing, let alone somebody's opinion. And there are many of you who have made, and this is why I love this church so much, man. I love my church, and here's why. To some people in this room right now, because of where they come from, because of the way that their family raised them, because of the multi-generational traditions that they have that are so deeply ingrained in their family, did you know that them sit, sitting in the seat next to you is an act of rebellion? Do you know how many people I've cried with who actually go to this church and we've cried because their family has made them feel like they were literally forsaking and rejecting them just to show up to V1 Church? And so when you, when I look around and I see, you know, so much unity in our midst, I, I do believe that it's this supernatural response from heaven because it's God himself honoring the fact that you had to forsake your family to even show up here. 
I mean, I've heard stories of we have these keys that we hand out when you become an owner of the church, not just a member, because, you know, members have rights, but owners have responsibilities. You know, one time I was doing a wedding uh, at, at a country club, and it was so highfalutin that when I went to go wash my hands in the bathroom, the guy actually attempted to wash my hands for me. My first thought was, I'm from the hood, don't touch me. And my second thought was, I could get used to this. <laughs> Celebritypastor.com. <laughs> But you know, when the church is a country club, you have a whole bunch of members that expect you to wash their hands. But when the church is something that you own, you have a whole bunch of church members who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty for it. I mean, pastors told me that I'll never get people to wake up to load in a church. And now it's like the people loading in our church in attendance is greater than most churches. Why? 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 Because we get to, we don't have to. Wasn't that Jesus? He stood in the garden and he said, you know what? I don't have to die for them. I get to. Nevertheless, not my will be done. I'm going all the way. And when you allow Jesus to be the true cornerstone of this thing, people will start to act like Jesus, even if that means waking up on Labor Day weekend at five in the morning and driving to a movie theater to set up a tabernacle in the wilderness. Man, I'm going to preach today. The gates of hell will not prevail against this church. Surely your family's opinion won't either. Man, I like this series. Can we just do a perpetual I Heart My Church? Oh, man. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. I'm just kind of giving you the biblical thing. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Now, this was an instruction given to leadership in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. You know, the price of this church isn't the cost of this venue. It was Jesus's blood. Do you know the price of this church isn't the screen and the technology that you see? It was Jesus's blood. Do you know how much it costs for you to show up today in a large inspirational gathering where you can actually worship with people all around you without fear of being hauled off and taken to jail? Jesus blood and the blood of some other people. You know, I tell people all the time, you kind of, you, have you ever heard this phrase? And I just, I got this phrase that I'm sick and tired of hearing, okay? This phrase that, that you, you will often hear is, but we're all just the big C church, right? And I think that for some people, that statement has a pure motive. But I think for most people, that statement isn't them trying to elude attendance. It's them trying to elude accountability, because something happens when you actually say, no, I'm not a husband to every house. I'm a husband to this one. That's my family. I think something changes when you say, I'm not a child of every house. I'm a child of this house. And then you can't have spiritual fathers without spiritual children. You get, you get what I'm trying to say? And I think that, yeah, yeah, in a sense, we're all part of it. But like the Babylon Bee just recently posted, he said, a guy refuses to join Jim because he's a member of the universal gym and we we don't drive up to any random atm and say well I, I have a bank account so it works for every single bank the person who works for a bank laughed that was it <laughs> that actually just happened 
But we find ways to intellectualize ourselves out of planting ourselves in the house of God. And to be honest with you, my wife and I have had to make very difficult decisions to leave churches. So I honor the fact that that is real. And I don't think anyone should be subjected to abusive leadership. And I bet everyone will amen me on that. Can I keep going? It says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The problem is most leadership in our church hasn't been appointed by the Holy Spirit. It's been appointed by a demonic spirit. And I think that it is possible to actually have leadership in a church that has been appointed by the Holy Spirit in the same way that you saw in the church of Acts. How do I know that? Because when one of them died, they cast lots to replace their replace them, which seems to indicate that there's an office that remains vacant and must be filled by the consensus of other good leaders. And so I didn't just go to Long Island. I was sent here. And I wasn't just sent here by myself. I was sent here by 75 and 85-year-old legends in the faith who said, you know what, Pastor Mike hasn't got it all figured out, but he's got enough figured out for us to say God's in this thing. And, and, and so you can only get so far when you went, but you can go all the way when you're sent. Can I keep going? <laughs> I love you guys. You're so nice today. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And watch this. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, this is actually actually descriptive, not prescriptive. People come every Sunday and they're like, why don't you guys chant? We chanted in my temple. Why do you guys sing songs that sound like ACDC with different words? And I'm like, it's Aaron, okay? (laughs) But every single week, people ask me because this church is reaching people who are not Christians before. Hello. We're actually doing the work of going out and making disciples and And so what comes with that is this inherent question, why do you get to pick the songs that you sing? And then, and then, and that's an innocent question, but then sometimes we get the not so innocent question where people are like, well, why do you do the songs that you do? Because they want to do this one. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Come on, do you know it? Okay, it kind of died, but, but here's the thing. For those of you who knew that song, you just went back. Some of you went back to high school. Some of you were next to the, your girlfriend, and you were, shout to the Lord, right? And we used to sing that song. And then, and then another era came, and we used to sing the song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Okay, now don't go too far because we're gonna, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, now, we haven't sang that song in a little while. It's three years old or whatever it is, which is about 36 in the Christian culture. <laughs> and why did we stop singing that song? Is it because the Holy Spirit's not welcome anymore? No. It's just because Mosaic came out with a song that we think's cooler now. <laughs> so we do the Mosaic song. And, and the reason why that's important to point out to you is because we're not given a prescription for what songs to sing. We're just given a description. And what does this description say? 
It's pretty hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so some of us, we got the spiritual songs part down, but I need you to get the thankfulness in your heart part down because you're a church curmudgeon and you're mad that I'm not singing shout to the Lord. Well, and we will bring some throwbacks back because I love throwbacks. I mean, we just did a couple. But the point that I'm trying to say is a lot of times the things that attack the unity of a church are so trivial. And, and can I just tell you, at our last church back home, the one that sent us, there was a guy named Bill Nolan. Bill Nolan is a sausage legend of Chicago. He makes sausage for a living. He also happens to be one of the most legendary men of God I've ever met in my life. And that guy will pray one prayer over you and you'll think it was Jesus incarnate back in the flesh again. And he's like 75 going on 104 and he's turning into a Jedi. <laughs> That's how I imagine him in my mind. You know, it's like you, as you old, you get shorter and you become Yoda. Your powers increase and your stature decreases. And that's what's happening to Bill Nolan right now. And one day I turned to Bill Nolan in service. And now if you ever go to my home church, there are like lasers shooting everywhere. I mean, it, you think that what we do on Sundays and tents, I mean, you visit my home church and you're like, I don't even know if God is necessary in all this. I just feel something. <laughs> and I'm not hating on him because I, I love to do that, but we just aren't there yet. But there's lazy, and I looked at Bill Nolan, I thought, how does an 85-year-old grapple with this? Because I'm pretty sure he doesn't rave anymore. He stopped that at 73. <laughs> and so I turned to him and I said, Bill Nolan, why are you here? And you know what? He looked at me, and I believe he understood. He said, Pastor Mike, I hate the way we do music here. It hurts my ears. It's too loud. He goes, I hate all these lights. I hate the laser shooting everywhere. But every single Sunday, when I see people accepting Christ, it confirms that God is with this ministry and he's here in this church and I will give my last remaining breath to this house. And you know what? When I look at this church, we're not gonna meet each other's preferences all the time. But if we can acknowledge that Jesus is doing something in our midst, it'll take you through every era. And if you miss the 80s, 80s worship will probably come back. And if you miss the 90s, 90s worship. But you know what you can't take back? All the damage you did to people because you didn't get your preference and made that biblical when it was just cultural. And I feel... What's happening in our midst is that this supernatural unity is starting to rise. Acts chapter 2 verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And for the longest time, I've wrestled with my, in my heart with this scripture because in these storefront little Pentecostal churches that I was raised in, I didn't see their numbers being added to daily. I kind of saw their numbers being extracted daily. And I'm like, how could this be true that when the authentic presence of God manifested through the Holy Spirit, which is ubiquitous in the earth, is unleashed it draws multitudes being healed and saved and delivered it so much so that it not only wrapped itself around the globe multiple times but then the gospel showed up in hammond indiana and it showed up on long island to save you and you and you and you and you if it's that powerful why don't we see our numbers being added to daily that was the question that i asked myself for years and i believe that the answer that i got 
was this simple answer. If you all sing the same note, there can be no harmony. And there's too many pastors and too many leaders that have demanded that everyone sing the same note. And because they demanded that everyone sing the same note, there was no harmony. And see, I think that we've got the kind of church where you can be different by design. I think that this is a mosaic. I think that this is a patchwork of people that's being threaded together by the spikes that drove Jesus on the cross. I think this is the kind of church where instead of being different and being dismissed, you can be different by design. And you can understand one thing, that you've got a melody that somebody needs you to sing. Julie, sing this melody to this song. See, what happens is that as Julie's singing this melody, you come into the church, see the key has been determined, the tempo has been determined, the measure that's governing this song has been determined, but you look at her singing this melody and you say, man, I can't be Pastor Julie, I can't do what she does, I can't preach like her and my marriage never had some kind of triumphant salvation story on the other end of it. I can't be like Julie. And maybe that's when you walk out. But maybe you're somebody who gets a revelation. Wait a second. If we all sing the same note, there can be no harmony. I see where this melody needs me to be who I can be and what I can bring and to do what only God's designed me to do. And then you begin to sing. Come on, Megan, sing that melody that only you can sing. song is better because Megan said this melody it needs me this melody it needs me and she said no I can't be Julie but I can do what I was designed to do I can do what I was destined to do but but maybe you're like Aaron and you say but you know what I'm not like them I've got an intellect and I'm in an environment in Christianity that's anti-intellectual but no you know what I'm not like that I dance and I don't see any dancing represented I, I'm not like that. I don't play this genre of music. I, I'm not like that. I think a different way. But instead of walking out, you say, wait a second. The church needs me. This melody needs me. And you begin to bring what only you can bring. You begin to sing what only your life song can sing. You begin to understand that instead of walking away, you're going to step into your destiny. And I'm here to tell you that this church needs the melody of me. This church needs the melody of you. This church needs you to join the choir today. Is there somebody who would stand on their feet and join the choir today? Is there somebody watching a live stream that would stand up and say, I'm the church. I love my church. This church needs my voice. Needs me to bring what only 
God can bring. Come on, sing it out today, church. Oh, I know that I know something just happened as a result of you taking the time to listen to this. God uses preaching to change lives. And listen, if you've been rejected, discarded, abused by church leadership, abused by leadership, overlooked, not seen for who you are and valued for what you are, if someone's tried to put you in the mold of something that, like David said to Saul, I don't prove your armor. I'm a giant killer. I, I use a sling and a stone. I don't use your weapons. I don't fight the way you fight. And if you feel like that's you, we want to hear from you. Download the V1 Church app. Hit us up directly through that app. And I, you better believe that we will send you push notifications and bother you all week. <laughs> but listen... Whether you are there physically in New York, whether it's at our Queens location or Long Island location, or whether you are just joining us digitally, I want to let you know you are a part of our choir. You are a part of our church, and we love you. Thank you so much for your financial contributions that continue to allow us to do this and reach people all around the world. Thank you so much for ranking this podcast, for giving us five stars and leaving a comment, and even sharing it with your friends and family. See you guys soon. Yeah.